Hey, our millions of podcast listeners, listeners, uh, this is Mark uh, reporting from the Tel Aviv of the Americas. And this is Shalom. This is Philip. Uh, I'm reporting from uh, the Miami of Israel. <laughs> and do we have anybody else with us? Yes, this is Peter. Um, I'm reporting from the <laughs> L.A. of Africa. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Speaking of which, you know, this, uh, this podcast is being done kind of in, in honor of Diego Schwartzman, but more specifically of 5'7 Jews. We yeah. got three five foot seven Jews on the phone right now, and yeah. while we may not this get a chance to talk about, this is an homage to Diego Schwartzman. Yeah, so this whole thing is an homage <laughs> to Diego Schwartzman. Now I realized, I guess there's been some boycotting going on uh, in Tel Aviv. I guess the Argentinian soccer team uh, made made a detour once they got to the airport. But you know, before we get deeper into the, into the world of soccer, let's let's see how much. How, how many? How much more we can squeeze out of these French Open lemons? Yeah, so I don't think there's any boycotting from Israel of Diego Schwartzman just because uh, we can't afford to be picky. He's the best thing that's happened since <laughs> Julian Edelman. <laughs> For sure, he's definitely the best, best, most successful five five foot eight Jew out there right now. Yeah, I, I do want to. I do want to make clear that I am five foot eight, not five foot seven. My license yeah. is five foot eight as well. Yeah, Peter, Peter, weren't you five foot eight and a half? Peter, yes, the last time I was measured at the doctor's office two years ago, I was really pumped to get that half inch. Yeah, so now, now you can have five foot nine on your driver's license. I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Anyway, uh, I guess we're supposed to talk about tennis as well. Uh, it really is a shame that Diego lost, but at least he lost to my new second favorite player, Rafael Nadal. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad he's 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 moved down the ladder for all the right reasons. <laughs> I actually did run into Nadal in Paris. Like he was, he stays at a hotel like uh, like a block away from where I live, and I was just walking down the street, and uh, my friend Zach and I we noticed that Nadal was behind us. So I took, I pretended to take a selfie, but really focused the camera on Nadal, and now and I'm about to get the picture framed. Yeah, I, I understand. He looks like he's, you know, finally getting in shape. I mean, for somebody who's always been really out of shape, finally he's kind of, you know, putting a little emphasis into his body. So there is a little bit of breaking news from my um, interaction. Uh, I All I did, all I said was, hey, I'm a huge fan, and gave him a thumbs up, and he said, thanks, man. And But uh, I think the, the real news is that I his his whole crew was there, and I saw his girlfriend and his sister, and in real life, his uh, girlfriend is definitely hotter than his sister. Um, there had been questioning on that, but it, it's true. So good for is it, Rafa. Is it, is, it, is it now understandable why he was willing to allow um, Tiger Woods near his sister at the U.S. Open? <laughs> no, no, his sister is still really hot. Um, one one thing, though, is both of them are like six feet tall. So it's more of a... It was, it was sort of a boner kill. Like, I no longer have hope, you know? There's always hope. If Schwart Schwartzman can do it, you can do it too. Yeah, I think, yeah, Schwartzman can, yeah, Diego, our, our beloved Diego. The little engine that could. 
that, that, oh, uh, that's the little engine that could is always going to be David Ferrer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he, he missed the chance. I actually thought he was going to give Joker a tough time if he got through the first round. I think that talk, talk about a boner kill. I mean, I feel like this may have been his last hurrah in terms of of kind of you know keeping the motor yeah. running. But we'll see. Maybe maybe pulls a little surprise in Wimbledon. He's a scrappy dude. His young countryman who beat him though has had a really good clay court season. Jean Munar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's he's probably the next Spanish thing. Um, so that segues that segues into my my first question. Maybe we can bat the questions around. But regardless of the outcome tomorrow, who do you think should be excited about the rest of the year, and who do you think exited Paris? Uh, maybe with a little less optimism than they came in at the beginning of the tournament with. I guess, you know, who, sh- who should be excited and who should be a little bit, yeah, who, a little, who, a little bit fearful. For who is this a positive tournament and who is it? Like, yeah, who kind of took killer? a step backwards and who, take a, who took a step forwards. I think Delpo can definitely be proud of this result. Um, yeah, he's four in the world now in the live tennis rankings and he can even, he can get even higher if, uh, if uh, Federer and Nadal uh, get either injured or don't play as many tournaments. And actually, Sverev is on the other side. He got to the, his first Grand Slam quarterfinal, but he also got his first injury. It's just a hamstring strain, but he's never been injured before. And this could like uh, disrupt his, moment, his like, forward momentum a little bit. What did you get? How about you? I guess about on the Zverev topic, I feel like talent is talent. Like, he'll be fine. Um, the but I, I think, guess, but the thing that I'm worried about is he won't be 100% for Wimbledon. I've had hamstring oh, yeah. strains, and uh, it takes, like, three weeks to get to be, like, doing, like, jogging again, and probably, like, five or six weeks to really fully be back. Yeah, unless you're in the NFL. Yeah, um, <laughs> you've got that like horse steroid or whatever. <laughs> and I guess uh, let's see who who had a good tournament. Deer antler spray. Um, I mean, I, I agree with Delpo. He did not expect to get that far. I oh, he, at least he, people did not expect him to get that far. He beat um, Chilich. Yeah, he owns Chilich. He's now eleven and two against Chilich. Oh wow! Okay, Del Delpo. Um, his like head-to-head history relative to his ranking history just shows that like he's a lot better than his rankings have ever like been. Like yeah. he 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 owns Zverev as well. He just like owns everybody except the big four. Um, but they don't entirely own him either. Yeah, I mean, he's only like nine and five. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess who. I mean, there's obviously that like Italian guy who made the semis. Yeah, Kachinada. Um, I think it. I think it was actually a pretty good. It was a pretty decent tournament for Djokovic too, even though he ended it by like sort of throwing a tan, not a tantrum, but like he was clearly extremely disappointed and alluded to the fact that he might not even play Wimbledon, which I'm pretty sure he'll play. But like, I was most scared of Djokovic of anybody on that side of the draw. I think Even team's more scary. Scared than team. 
Yeah, team is scary. Um, I think Goffan will be disappointed. Yeah, how about how about the Amer- American players? Query, Sock. I mean, not 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 Isner, but the others. Would you say that they they should be? Uh, they do you feel like they're about to turn the corner positively because they're about to play at Wimbledon, or do you feel like they both took a step backwards? I don't think they should be allowed to have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, that's a good answer. <laughs> I don't think I could top that answer. <laughs> I think Peter dropped off the call for a little bit. No, no, I'm, oh, I'm you're, here. You're here. I, I mean, Jack Sock has had such a bad year. Yeah. He just wants anything to go his way. And his ex, uh, Sloan Stevens, made the the finals, so he's clearly losing this one. <laughs> By the way, I actually did watch the women's finals, and it was like a really good match. Uh, um, Halep, I'm sort of, I'm like happy for her. It's a, it's sort of like a redemption year on that side with Wozniacki winning the Aussie yeah, and Halep true, winning true, the French. True. Yeah, the year that. The people who conspicuously had never won a major, <laughs> they'd been ranked really high, broke through. Yeah, what would be like the... What is the, that called? Life imitating art? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's like the tennis equivalent of it. What would be It'd a, be like Ferrer winning a major. Yeah, Ferrer, yeah, like... Uh, well, he gets, he gets a Lifetime Achievement Award, so he'll get one of those. Yeah, yeah, what current player who like could win a major... Or Zverev or something. Yeah. But Zverev is like 21. Uh, Wozniacki and Halep are in their late 20s and have been around forever. Yeah, it would be like uh, Ferrer winning a major in like 2014 when he was still in his... Yeah, Sasanga, Ferrer, one of those guys. Burditch. Yeah. You know, like four or five years ago. So I I would say I I haven't followed the tournament that closely. I think uh, Silich and Del Potro both should be pretty pumped that they got as far as they did. I think Silich is probably... I mean, I think quarterfinals is like he's not disappointed but I think he wanted he yeah he saw Delpo as someone he could beat yeah Foganini or whatever took, took quite a bit out of him I would say team probably had the most to lose because he you know it's tough to make the semis again I think he won some big matches and regardless of whether or not he got a slightly easier match in the semis than he thought he would I think just making his I think this is his first grand. Yeah, this is his first final. Probably a big confidence booster because I think the expectations were pretty high and he's met the expectations. And I think he I, wants he also, to win. He also had a very tough draw before the semis. He beat Nishikori, yeah. then he beat Zverev. Yeah, but Zverev got injured like in the first four in the fourth game of the first set, so that wasn't. Yeah, as hard there was as another guy that been. he went five sets with who was pretty good player. There was Sitsipas who he went four sets with, but yeah, yeah, that, yeah. His, his two hardest matches were in the second and third round, just because Zverev uh, was injured and uh, yeah, Kachinadu was really good. It was good. I mean, their tie break in the second set was ten eight, I think. Um, 12-10, I think. Yeah, yeah 12-10. Um, and uh, if it had gone the other way, it would have turned into a match. Team team just has a look in his eye, though. He really wants this. And I'm actually, um, I think he has a one in three ch- ch- chance of winning tomorrow. Um, more, I, If I were a betting man, uh, the Vegas odds are 4-1 to one on Nadal. I would definitely take the team bet. So let's Nadal had a look, too, though. This is different than um, Madrid. 
Yeah, but I, I just think like uh, what, that's why I give Nadal two out of three odds. But like, team is looking better than he's ever looked, and he has been able to beat Rafa on clay. That's true. So, so let's talk about it. What are you guys all going Rafa and straight? Or do you think it will not be in the cakewalk that other finals have been? What? How, how, where do you? Where does your objective prediction lie, if that's possible? Yeah, I mean, I think like if I were a betting man and I had four to one odds, I would bet on team. But no, just, like just, just even odds, up. I just think uh, Rafa is going to win in either probably four sets. What do you think, Peter? Yeah, I'd say this exact same thing. Like, he's no longer on his, like... Like, it's kind of funny, because Rafa is, like, sort of on a slump, in a clay court slump for him. Like, he's been dropping sets. He's, um, he's, he's no longer in that tournament. just cruise control, like, crush everybody um, frame of mind. But um, he still has that look in his eye, and he's healthy at Roland Garros. Um like, he's team's good, but he's beaten much better players. Like, he beat Djokovic, Pete Djokovic at Roland Garros. Yeah. I'm looking up the Paris weather right now because I think that'll um, play into it a little bit as well. Like, I think Nadal really likes hot, sunny weather. Um. So, just, 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 how, how many games does an opponent have to win before Nadal starts to feel a little bit skittish? I mean, it felt like in the match against the Hobbit, had it not been for the <laughs> first rain delay, you know, Schwartzman could have taken him to, to five sets. He looked a little bit skittish out there. Yeah, I, mean, not I was not, really he's worried. He's not a dominant player, but, but at least, you know, the Schwartzman punk pierced the skin. Do you think it would take... Do you think it would take a set and a half? Do you think it would just take a set? Do you think it would take a five-all in the first set? What do you think it would take for team to have Honestly, Rafa, like, you know, Rafa running just a little has, like, scared. different mental states. And, like, he can start a match in, like, a really, really good mental state and just keep going. Or sometimes everything, he, everything's there. He's just, like... It just hasn't fully clicked mentally. And he really needed that rain delay to, like rejog his like to regroup basically and like if he didn't have that uh he might have lost that match Schwartzman was out playing him so would you say if team were to win the first set yesterday that would force Rafa to even like that to the next level of of uh I don't want to say perfectionism but just that 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 next level of like outlier concentration or do you think that would I mean, maybe Rafa had to bring an even better game because Schwartzman won the first set. Do you think that would be also something that would happen tomorrow? Or do you think a, a first set loss would would play into that slightly shaky invincibility he's had this season? Um, I think team needs to win the first set um, to have a chance in the match. Um, just because if Rafa gets uh, ahead of steam, yeah. if he sniffs... If he sniffs the finish line, there's going to be no stopping Nothing. him. Yeah. What do you think, Peter? I think that um, Rafa is the superior player, and but he does have his, like, um, like there's the Rome final against Verev in 
the match against Schwartzman where sort of arguably like rain was a big factor in like turning his momentum around. There have been sort of, he has had spells in matches this season where um, he's gotten into like a little bit of a funk and he couldn't like manufacture his best game. Um, and so I think a lot of it is just sort of like on Rafa and if he's, if he's like, um, if he's like playing his best or not, but, and, and that's, that's because like there have been times where he hasn't been, um, when team beat him in Madrid team was just like really, really hitting the ball. Well, um, and so there is also the potential of team pulling off like a 2015 Stan and just hitting them off the court and just hitting every line and hitting the ball super hard. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm I don't looking- know. It's, it's like a tough one because of, of the different um, sides that both of the players have shown throughout the clay court season. I'm I'm looking at their head-to-head right now. Um, there's only been one result out of the uh, out of the nine matches they've played that were not straight set victories, um, and that was their second time they played in 2016. Um, yeah, I don't think either. I don't think they've played a match where both of them have been at their best, at least on clay, and so we don't really have a marker for that. So yeah. I, just, I feel like team's got nothing to lose. If he plays like somebody who has nothing to lose, I think he could push Rafa to five. I don't see him winning three sets unless Rafa's a little injured. That's a different story. But it could be it could be a close to, uh, you know, one of the best French Open finals Rafa's ever had yeah. if team br- brings it and plays without fear. I, I think that in the end, you know, he, he like you say, when he, the finish line for him is usually just making the semifinals of this tournament. He's never lost a match in the semis or the finals. Not likely to happen unless conditions are cold. And he's also and never won a Masters one thousand. Like he he got to the finals of Madrid and then lost to Sverev, and he wasn't playing his best. Like uh, he could very likely be nervous. He shouldn't be. I'm saying he has nothing to lose, but I but I think it'll be a match. It'll be a better match than last year's final, and certainly better than. I also think he'll be less nervous because he had that Masters 1000 final experience. Yeah. Very recently. Yeah. Um, So, Mark, who are you taking in this match? No, I'll I'll go with the same prediction you guys were making. But I I think that Rafa's sets that he wins will be close ones. All the sets will be close. I I, I can't see a set. I would think almost all the sets would be 7-5. Maybe a tiebreaker in there as well. I think it'll be a good, good three, three and a half hour match, and uh, I think it'll be great tennis. And you'll probably see more peaks and valleys for both of them than than they're used to. You know, like two, three game funks where uh, they seem to just kind of be not losing it, but but not playing their style of game, and then just win one or two big points in a row, and then they kind of get four games of confidence. So why I think. I think there'll be a lot of breaks to serve, but I just think at the end, the talent and the, the, the mental toughness, which he just always finds a way to 
to show the underrated part of his game, Nadal's game, the mental side, I think will prevail. But I think team will, will walk off the court like with more confidence even than before he, before the match started, knowing that like he's even closer. He, he's closer to where where he wanted to be than he was at the beginning of, of the match or the tournament. Yeah, I actually I think Nadal just has a uh, vastly more sophisticated uh, doping regimen. Like he's been this, <laughs> been this far. Important. Like like uh, team might not have enough uh, like blood bags. For the finals, yeah, like he, he's, ne- yeah, he's never he's never been this far. How many how many blood bags are you holding for Rafa? Um, yeah, I think like one percent maybe. Everybody's gonna make sense. Makes sense. Good thing. So what about the uh, this this is where we say good thing we're not a more popular podcast. We only have a million listeners because <laughs> uh, because Rafa did sue a uh, French journalist. Uh, successfully for accusing him of doping without any um, evidence. Well, you never know. Maybe maybe he was stalking you, and he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's got Brian Colangelo, you know, creating some Facebook names for him, and he's one of your friends. Yeah, yeah so, Brian Colangelo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's just segue for like two minutes, and then we'll segue back. What what you're calling LeBron for next year? Oh, LeBron. Um, I hope he goes to the Celtics and kicks Kyrie off the team, just because that would be an amazing storyline. Yeah, that's that's my hope, too. I think, also, like, that Celtics team is young and stacked, and that would be the best place for him to finish a career and have a chance of beating the Warriors. But if I were a betting man, I would bet on the Lakers. Yeah, I think so too. Just because he has two houses in Brentwood, and uh, I think he he can he's his like gravitational pull will make <laughs> it so that like other superstars will go there. What do you think, Mark? No, I I just I didn't even I didn't even know what the score was last night. So I just found out today. I don't know enough. I'd love to see him go to the Wizards. Kevin Durant needs to take more shit for making basketball boring. Like, he has skewed the balance of the NBA. Like, this was the most boring finals in so long. Yeah. But that's just because the West is the major leagues, and the East is like AAA. I think that's part of it. And it's part of it. It's a challenger store. It's similar to the French Open. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. So, uh, who are, are you bullish on Italy? Are we, are we bullish on Italy and Russia as, as countries as far as what they're doing with their, their young and, and medium-aged tennis talent? I mean, Peter and I got a glimpse of a couple of the young Russians. Yeah, and I saw Kepinado play. He's good. Um, yeah, I think he's not going to be a flash in the pan. I think he'll be around for a while. Yeah, also... We saw Rublev, and Rublev just, like, really swings hard. Um, <laughs> he has such a violent game. Yeah. He's also, like, he's got, like, the skinniest legs ever. Um, it makes you, yeah, he, he's a big dude, though. Um, the, let's see, Italy, um... Tetranato was like 26, so 26 years old. That's a good, good age, though. I, th- I think that that's kind of the prime age. 
Yeah, I don't, yeah. I think he. I don't think he's just gonna fit. I think he's like reached a new. Uh, he's gonna stay in the twenties and thirties for at least a year or two. Yeah, but I, I, I'm thinking like in terms of like future top ten talent. Oh, he's not. A it's all. It, it's all about like Russia and uh, Canada. Yeah, Canada. Yeah, um, I was in Italy earlier this month, and one thing that's fun to talk about with them is how uh, exciting this upcoming World Cup is going to be. For them, yeah, the watching on TV, they're going to have a blast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I pretend I'm in, I'm from France during those conversations because it's going to be just as fun for Americans. Isn't the Netherlands too? Are they going to be holding hands? Is it the Netherlands who also? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think uh, they're going to go to a uh, class uh, created by Richard Gasquet called How to Hold Hand. <laughs> so, so last thought, is, is Sloan Stevens, I mean, you think she's here to stay? You think she's top five by the end of the year? Yeah, definitely. I think she's number four now. You think she maintain? I guess I'm saying, do you think she'll maintain? Because she'll have to defend quite a few points. I think she, she's, she's number six in the race. The question, okay. the question behind the question, though, is when will <laughs> when will Serena be back? She tore a pectoral. That's a really that's a really tough injury. How she bad was the tear? I don't know. I, I didn't read. Like I, I didn't I think, think she part knew. of it was like dodging Sharapova and risking her like thirteen yeah. or fourteen match win streak against a girl she hates. I don't think you do that in the French Open, like. Quarter Are you sure she wasn't just happy to get get those three matches? It's all she's playing with the house of money. I mean, is she playing Wimbledon or not? I mean, I think she just. I think she believes enough in herself winning if she's Maybe. full strength. Maybe that, yeah. like, I don't think she was dodging anyone. Yeah, I wonder if it she's might, playing Wimbledon. Right. But she wouldn't have been able to get through the gauntlet. I mean, she would not have been able to get through. Musaruga. Okay, there's a BBC article saying uh, Serena Williams should be ready for Wimbledon, says her coach. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's where her heart is always at. I mean, the French is she's a little similar to Fed in that sense. You know, the French was always the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Like the French was always a wild card, or it was like the icing on the cake. It was never, you know, part of like the expected. Uh, yeah, the, the bonus. Yeah, the bonus, the bonus. That's always that was always the bonus tournament. So, and that's so why, one thing we should mention though is it really is concerning when Serena has a pectoral issue because she has like probably the biggest two <laughs> biggest pectorals. <laughs> true. True, 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 true. She's just over. <laughs> yeah. Very, very true. So we're all going. We're all going. Rafa and four. Uh, and uh, do you think it'll also be the sets will also be very close? Yeah, I think they'll be tight sets. The we'll I think it'll be a really good match, and I think we'll be nervous for quite a bit of it, but that Rafa will end up on top. Anyway. I, I guess, do you think that, do you think if he does win, do you think he'll make it to, thir- I mean, the guy that stayed at my house said that Rafa wants to win as many majors in the French as Sampras won overall which i think is 14 or something. <laughs> oh really like yeah he has some something like he wants to say that even if he's second place he won more majors on one surface than like the third the third place 
person. Well, if he them. wins 14, he'll he'll tie Federer. Unless 20, Federer keeps Federer winning more majors. Win yeah. yeah. Dude. Like, uh, he's only at 10 now. Wait. That means four more. Uh, not, like, three more if he wins tomorrow. So he'll be 35 and, like, he's 32 now, right? Like, yeah. he just turned 32. Yeah. It would just, it would mean, can Rafa win, can Rafa's clay court supremacy last three more years? Wait, so who told, who, does, is this the guy with, like, inside, has, did he he's hear this guy, from, like, the Nadal cap? His, his girlfriend made the, the Wim, Wim, Wimbledon semis last year. Ooh. So, then, you know, he knows a lot of the players. He's just saying, like, he was having a conversation. He's friends, I guess, with his manager as well. And he just said, Rafa would like to win as many Grand Slams on one surface as the person behind them has won overall. So, <laughs> wow. we shall, I mean, best laid plans of mice and men. Uh, yeah, I just like Nadal doesn't like in the pub in public. He always he never he never has stated goals like that. Yeah. So, but it it is interesting to hear that even like the people who play the media the best, you really have to have some sort of ego involved to like keep going to get to sixteen Grand Slams. I mean, I think yeah. better is four weeks away from winning his 21st but that i guess that'll be another podcast for another day yeah i hope uh yeah i guess <laughs> so that's that that's just like so the fact that we're sort of jumping ahead to Federer's <laughs> chances at wimbledon just shows how like nadal is basically the golden state warriors like who would the beginning of the french open versus beginning of the playoffs yeah who would you who would be the more sure bet? The uh, Golden State Warriors the Golden or Nadal? State Warriors. <laughs> but Nadal was like a ridiculous one to three odds at the beginning of the tournament. Yeah, I actually think Nadal would be the like the Warriors almost lost to to the Rockets. I mean, the only thing that can derail either side is injury, and like yeah. uh, Nadal's more likely to get injured than like both Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Yeah, but like the reason the the Rockets didn't beat the Warriors was because Chris Paul got injured. Yeah, it's injury, injury. Well, yeah. I think that's right. I think if he's not a hundred, I mean, I, Rafa probably has to play not ninety percent of his physical abilities and about eighty percent of his or eighty five percent of his uh, technical abilities tomorrow. And Warriors, and yeah, maybe flipped maybe eighty percent of their physical. So with all those teams. Let's, so I, I think that um, the wild card for if Nadal can win like two or three more, like knock on wood that he wins tomorrow too, is if like Djokovic actually returns to. Because yeah. I guess the whole Djokovic situation is really interesting because on the one hand, Federer and Nadal also had dips at around this time in their careers. And I think like your body changes, you got to get used to your new like body. Um, but at the same time, um, he had, his injuries were a lot more real than I think may have been realized. And now his, his serve is a lot worse than his forehand. Like it's, it, it wasn't, it like really, it changed his technique in a way that is like, yeah, objectively worse. I think, I mean, I'd say the other variable Speaking slightly from, I mean, I think that Fed hit his 
like you can't also escape the fact that these people have kids and that while I don't think it affects the amount of tournaments they play or matches they play, it probably affects the, the little bit of the off-court training a little bit. They probably don't quite hit the weight room and stretch quite as long. It's just, you know, there's only so many hours in the day or they're giving up a little bit of sleep. So it would be interesting. I mean, if the doll had a kid before, even though they all seem to play pretty well with one kid, and then when they get to two, it, it gets a little bit harder. It'd be interesting to see if he could manage that because he's really only had to focus on tennis. Yeah. I think with Djokovic, he's going to be uh, a contender by the time the U.S. Open rolls around, if not before, just because I think the only thing he's lacking right now is match fitness. Um if you if you get him like in a really tough long hard match he just doesn't have it physically at the yeah. moment and that he he he's in the past he has been the fittest player on tour and i think he has it in him to get back there should be interesting i mean it's only a cool question of how long they can hold off the young guns too whether it's a year or two years those guys or those three or four you know golf fan will get get his feet back uh, there's probably some others, Chung and 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 some others who who are a little bit hit or miss right now. But once they get a, a big tournament victory, they'll they'll gain even more momentum. But I mean, just the young Russians alone, I think, are enough to 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 give the top guys uh, a fight in every tournament. I mean, Zverev, I think the the Wimbledon, and we'll talk about that more. But I think his whole future, I think. A, a good chunk of his future, at least for like the next year, year and a half, hinges on him at least making the round of 16 or the quarters at Wimbledon. If he has an early upset, I think that, that'll set him backwards for a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think he'll, he'll be fine as long as he can stay healthy. Um, but, uh, yeah, it really depends. Uh, it might set, in terms of how soon he starts winning majors, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it yeah, might... Yeah, delay it for a year. Yeah, it might delay it. Um, so, so I, th I think part of um, the whole Zver Zverev equation is, I mean, he's number three in the world, but that's a really inflated number three because his head-to-head -head against um, Delpo is, like, bad. His head-to-head -head against, um, what's it, Mur like, the I think basically, like, yeah. say, say, say Murray and Djokovic come back to somewhat um to like by beginning of next year um somewhat resembling their former selves nadal and federer i mean you can't count them out um like say that nadal and federer maintain their levels too say that, like delpo has, is healthy and he has sustained his health um what i see is is just more people to knock off Zverev um, who are legitimately, like, better than he is. Yeah. Yeah, you'll find out. That's why I think the next couple of weeks are pretty big for him. Cool. All right, I think, uh, I think we've sort of previewed the finals and uh, gone through the tournament and uh, filleted uh, Schwartzman. Um, and so... So did, did Peter and I predict the finals correctly? I mean, I know I did. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. At the beginning of the tournament, I predicted it correctly. Did Peter? <laughs> no, I said I had Zverev in the finals. 
Uh, am I the only one or I'd, somebody else? I'd go fan in the finals. Yeah, I think you were the only one who had team, which makes us, the rest of us look dumb. It makes no, us I... look dumb, but like it makes team look good because his <laughs> draw. The, the only reason I didn't have team there is because I saw his draw. Yeah, with yeah. like Sitsipas, who got to the finals of uh, Barcelona, uh, Nishikori, who got to the finals of Monte Carlo, and Zverev, who has been crushing it. Yeah, and, and then like Joker, Joker got, every, he got everybody when they were a little bit tired. So he's had he's had you know he hasn't had to play a lot of tennis the last four or five days. So he should be in pretty good good shape. And uh, I look forward to tomorrow. Yeah, Lahayam. <laughs> All right, and our next podcast will be uh, previewing the grass season. Um, yeah, and talking about whether anyone can beat Federer at Wimbledon. All right, uh, see. You, uh, this was fun, and I hope you enjoyed listening to our millions of listeners. Hopefully, we can have uh, 1.5 million this time. All right. Amen.